Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. We have been dealing with the subject of exorcism or deliverance as is known popularly to many in Africa today. And we have noted that this is a subject that cannot be ignored, partly because of its popularity in the context of the worship service in the churches in Africa, but also of the controversial nature that uh, surrounds it. There so many questions that believers from across denominations have concerning the necessity for a deliverance ministry, the presuppositions that undergird this ministry of deliverance or exorcism, the methodologies that are used, and especially the question of whether the Bible has something to say about this subject and how the church in Africa today can respond. We have looked in the previous talks or, or definitions of exorcism and deliverance. We've looked at the biblical foundations for deliverance ministry and how we see it performed, especially within the context of the New Testament. We have seen the fact that believers are above and beyond the possession of Satan, and while they might be oppressed from time to time, they cannot be possessed by demons. And even when they are oppressed, it is because God has allowed that oppression for the purpose of bringing sanctification in the believer's life. It is oppression under control, under the sovereign guidance of God himself, designed to work for the good of the believer and for the glory of God. And so today we ask ourselves another question that is concerning. What are some of the dangers of an biblical exorcism and what can the church do today? In other words, what we are saying is that there is such an exorcism as we find described in the scriptures, but there is also a type of exorcism or deliverance ministry that we are seeing in Africa today that seems to be contradicting the biblical pattern that we find in scripture and as a matter of fact can result into harm and abuse of the victims of that deliverance ministry, distorting the Christian faith, taking away its credibility and making Christianity a laughing stock in Africa at large. And so, we want to look at some of the reasons why we should be concerned and why believers should be responsible to discern the kind of deliverance ministry they are involved in because if it is unbiblical, then it goes against biblical teaching and certainly is harmful to those who participate in it. What are some of the things we can look at to see the danger of practicing exorcism in an unbiblical pattern? Number one, is that this kind of exorcism usually thrives on what we call a wrongly claimed authority. I am sure you have heard some of the preachers here in Africa who claim that believers have authority to cast out demons and that every believer has been given this power. They are masters over powers of darkness and they can do whatever they want. They can manipulate them, they can chase them, they can make them to surrender to whatever it is their wishes are. And so you have a generation of believers claiming some special kind of power 
looking out for demons wherever they find them, destroying shrines in African traditional societies wherever they find them, and claiming the Bible grants them mandate to attack and destroy all kinds of spiritual strongholds. As we look through the New Testament scriptures, is that really what we find? That the mandate of the believers is to go out hunting and chasing demons and uh, delivering people out of demonic bondages. As much as that is good and it is well intentioned, the focus of the New Testament teaching is really not about demonology or demons, but about the Great Commission, the making of disciples of all nations, the clarion call for all believers to engage in worldwide cross-cultural mission, bringing men and women to Jesus as they proclaim faithfully the teachings of Scripture, and help sinners to understand the desperate need for a savior, and especially to find the grace that the gospel offers for all those who believe. When we overemphasize something that is not an essential, and we underemphasize what is essential, then deception is the automatic result. We need to be very careful as believers that we are not measuring on the minors while minoring on the majors. The call for the believers is for the Great Commission, the making of disciples, the teaching and baptizing of those who believe, bringing them in obedience to the cause and call of Christ. While deliverance might be part of the package as they proclaim the gospel, it is certainly not the priority, it is certainly not the focus, it's a necessary ingredient of the gospel package. So when people begin claiming authority, to engage in full-time demon chasing and demon casting, especially at the expense of the gospel, they have lost the purpose of deliverance as it is described in the scriptures. But we also notice that this kind of exorcism thrives not so much because demons are possessing people, but so much because African believers who remain largely undiscipled, continue to live in fear of the spiritual powers that they once were in bondage to. That by nature, African Christians, aware of the spiritual realm, most of them having served their, the, the, these powers under ancestral worship and, and shrines and sorcery and lots of other occultic practices, that even when they become Christians, they continue to live in the fear of what used to be while missing their new identity, their new safety and security that Christ has given them in their new life or status as believers. They live under a new management that Jesus offers while still aware of the old management that once enslaved them, that once led them through fear, manipulation, intimidation, and blackmail. So you have so many believers who are guilt-ridden, so many believers instilled with fear about what the devil can do to them. And no wonder most of them are looking for churches and pastors who can deliver them from these powers of darkness while ignoring the rest of the whole counsel of God's word. That today churches have boiled down to be deliverance churches or deliverance ministries rather than the whole gospel, the whole council, holistic ministry that they are supposed to do as churches. It is very important that we understand that deliverance which is based on fear of what used to be and not necessarily what is a current reality is also deliverance in a vacuum 
and which does not really help a lot. Believers are not going for deliverance because they are possessed. They are going for deliverance because they are scared. And that is a wrong foundation for conducting the ministry of exorcism. What should they be doing instead of conducting deliverance? They should be grounding themselves in the truth of God's word, learning who they are as they grow in the spirit of God, as they grow in the things of God, understanding their security that Christ has guaranteed for them, and therefore living in the very victory that Christ has won for them. Number three, we have to look at the experiences of some of the deliverance ministries that we are seeing in our churches today. And sadly, we have lots of reports of pastors and church leaders who are using deliverance ministry today, not only to heighten the fear of believers concerning the powers of darkness, but to take advantage of their vulnerability and bondage to fear to freeze them of their personal property, to abuse them economically, socially, financially, sexually, ethically, and in so many other ways. I do not need to convince you, if you are a believer or a Christian in Africa, about the most notable abuses that are happening and being exposed in the media of so many churches and pastors today. Pastors telling their church members to drink gasoline or bleach, Pastors who are stepping on people's backs in the name of deliverance. Pastors who have made their church members drink insecticide, claiming that it will cure them of certain ills or deliver them of certain bondages. Pastors who have sexually abused their church members, claiming that because of the anointing upon them, when they sleep with their female church members, whatever demons were in them will leave them. I once had a case of a woman who went to a pastor who was uh, looking for a child. She, she had infertility issues. And the pastor told the woman that he had an anointing that could only be transmitted to her sexually. So if she slept with him, he would open her up the, and remove the infertility demons that were holding her, and she would be able to give birth. And of course, naively, this woman submitted to the pastor and had a sexual encounter with him. And of course, I do not need to tell you that nine months later, she did not have a baby. She did not have any pregnancy whatsoever. She had sacrificed her integrity only to be victim to deception. And this story is being told in every corner of Africa today, in different churches across denominations of pastors who claiming power to deliver those who are possessed are taking advantage of the vulnerability of the victims and making them to do whatever it is they want. Those who have had to pay lots of money to pastors to pray for them, those who have had to do things they normally would never do, shameful as a matter of fact, but have done them simply because the pastor said. When you are led by fear and ignorance of what your security is in Christ Jesus, it is very possible to find opportunistic people who in the name of the power of the Holy Spirit can take advantage of you. And that's what we are seeing in the church in Africa today, unfortunately. We also notice that most of these unbiblical deliverance types that we are seeing in the church today have their aim to bring glory not to God who is the source of this power, but actually to the man of God who is performing it. You will notice today, the African church is building ministries that are built on the personality of the leader or the pastor rather than on God. 
that the pastor who prays for people and they get healed, the pastor who casts out demons is the one who will be popular, is the one who will begin pastor so and so international evangelistic ministries. And what you see is more of the pastor than the Jesus who has called him into service, assuming that Jesus has called him in the first place. So we are seeing a form of disguised idolatry where church members now look to the pastor as the dispenser of blessings and the deliverer of victims from curses and the pastor has become the one who is the power of life and death. He decides who is delivered and who is not. He decides who is blessed and who is not. And because of that, people will do whatever he tells them, whether it is biblical or not, without questioning, which is another form of abuse, as I have mentioned earlier. Deliverance ministry that exalts the man of God, that results in the glory and the popularity of the man of God, that is conditioned on what the man of God says and what the man of God does is not biblical deliverance, does not result in God's glory, is an insult to the gospel of the kingdom and certainly one that stands under the judgment of God. It is very important that we understand that even when we engage in deliverance, it is for the express purpose of setting God's children free from bondage and captivity to the devil, we do it using the power and authority that Jesus Christ has given us, and therefore it is clear that the glory and the honor goes to Jesus who gives the authority, and not to the pastor, and not to the man of God. We look in the Gospels and in the Acts of the Apostles, we see the disciples performing miracles and wonders, but we do not see them becoming popular because of the miracles they performed. Instead, they use the miracles as pointers to the Jesus who is the miracle worker and the giver. And when the incident is done, what you see is Jesus drawing people to himself in the gospel of salvation rather than in the miracle that happened in them. When any ministry does not result or work towards the glory of Jesus, that ministry is an insult to the cause of Christ and ultimately does not bring people to Jesus and the salvation he offers. It draws them away. And that's what we are seeing here in our ministries today. Deliverance ministry designed for the greatness of the man of God, designed for his popularity, designed for his financial gain, designed to create fear and intimidation to all of those who would want to oppose the man of God, but has nothing to do with the glory and the honor of God. And how sad. We must also recognize that there is a kind of deliverance we are seeing in the churches in Africa, which instead of helping people to understand God, is instead excusing them and insulating them from the righteous judgment of God. Today we are having people using deliverance or demon possession as an excuse for moral laxity, where sin, rather than being confessed and denounced, is being blamed on the activity of demons. It is not uncommon today for someone to be, say, caught up in a sexual scandal, and instead of repenting of their lust and immorality, they blame demons that claiming that they were under some demon possession, did not know what they are doing, and therefore cannot be held responsible for their actions. So instead of being brought to repentance or church discipline, what we see is the pastor bringing them for a deliverance session and casting out demons and spirits of lust and immorality as though they are responsible for the actions of the person. 
Eventually, the person instead of repenting and being forgiven and accepted of the Lord, is insulated from a wonderful relationship with Jesus by blaming the demons that are allegedly chaste even when they actually may not be existing. We must also remember, friends, that most of this biblical exorcism is not happening because the Bible says this is the way it should happen, but it thrives on a number of Bible passages that have been twisted, that have been selectively cited, that have been taken out of their biblical context and historical setting, that have been undressed of their application that was fitting within the audience and context of that day, and used to mean whatever the man of God has decided they should mean. So you might hear a lot of scripture quoting, and you might be convinced that indeed this kind of deliverance is a biblical ministry, just because so many Bible verses are being quoted. But what you don't realize is that it's one thing to quote the verse, it's another thing to interpret it well and apply it well in the context where it is meant to be applied. I have seen how some pastors abuse their church members using scriptures, making them to feel guilty even over things that they have not said. I once had a pastor who insisted on a church member to confess that she was a witch, when actually she had never been a witch, never been involved in witchcraft, but the pastor claimed that he had a special gift as a man of God, read a couple passages that actually applied to the apostles in the New Testament, and claimed that God had revealed to him that she was a witch, and unless she confessed that she was, she would never be delivered. And he concluded by saying that she was a candidate of hell, simply because she refused to confess something that she had not done. It is very easy for the man of God to use the Bible passages out of context, misinterpreted and misapplied, to abuse his members, to create false guilt, to make his members vulnerable to whatever he tells them to do, and eventually he leads them astray using Bible passages that actually have nothing to do with the ministry of deliverance or exorcism. So we must watch out for this very, very, very carefully. You may notice that also a lot of the methodology that is used in deliverance today has nothing to do with the scriptures. While there was a restoration of dignity to the person being delivered from demons, like in the case of the demon-possessed people we see Jesus and the apostles dealing with in the New Testament, today what we are seeing is a ministry that actually takes away the dignity of people. You find, for instance, some victims who are being beaten in the name of chasing demons out. I once saw a clip where this famous pastor of Winners Chapel, David Oedepo, slapped a woman claiming that she was a witch, as though the demon was physical and he needed to be beaten out of the person. We have encountered people who, in the process of conducting deliverance, have burnt people's lips with matches, claiming that they are bringing, they are burning demons and ordering them to come out. We have seen pastors who have sexually abused their church members, claiming that through sexual union which is anointed, apparently from the anointed man of God, they are being delivered from demons. We have seen pastors who push people to the ground, and some of them have been hurt. Some have walked away with broken arms and legs or twisted muscles or broken teeth simply because they were pushed down during the deliverance session. We have seen people go through agonizing days of deliverance where somebody is being delivered for over a week 
for many hours without a break, claiming that it is necessary for the stubborn demons to live. And all this is bringing indignity upon the person who is being prayed for, and this is in contradiction to what we find in the scriptures. That deliverance is purpose is to restore the control and the dignity of the person being prayed for and not to take these things away. It is very important that we recognize some of these things that happen in our deliverance services and see that they do not stand up to the searchlight of scripture and therefore be willing to drop them no matter how long we have believed them and practiced them and instead obey the scriptures. And finally, we need to remember that this ministry of exorcism done in the kind of way we are seeing in the church today, that it promotes a theology of a weak God, a God who needs man's help in order to set his people free. A lot of what you hear are the do's and don'ts that you need to fulfill before you can be delivered from those demons. So what they are saying is that God can really not help you unless you do certain things or something. That God is not able to fully and finally set you free so that you can live like a liberated child of God. In short, what they are saying is that Jesus may have saved you, but the pastor must deliver you. Jesus may have saved you from the sins of the past, but now the pastor must break the bondages of the of demons that still hold you captive and hinder you from reaching your highest potential. And when you understand that very carefully, what they are really saying is that you need the pastor on top of what Jesus has already done. And that, my friends, is not the biblical gospel. That, my friends, is not biblical teaching. That, my friends, is not biblical deliverance or exorcism. And it does not lead to any reward. It does not dignify God's people. It does not really deliver them from those alleged demons. And neither does it draw them closer to the God who only alone is able to set them free once and for all. May the Lord give you discernment as you think through these things. May the Lord draw you to the scriptures that searching them day in and day out, studying them diligently, you may know the only truth that can set you free. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.